0: Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. As I was preparing this message over the last week or so, uh, I just really felt the good pleasure of the Lord. Women are amazing. Women, God made us amazing. Men are amazing, and I'm so thankful for the strong men in my life. My husband, Dr. Morocco, my own father, my son, different people like Noel, and just the different people that we know that are the strong men in our lives. I'm so grateful. But God made women absolutely amazing the amount of stuff that we do the amount of stuff that we have to take care of the way he's made our minds the ultimate multitaskers i mean it's really amazing what god has done and so let's just give a big shout out to all the women let's just say women women in the house moms and women young women amen grandparents everybody all right and, you know, I used to also uh, think that marriage was, and it's true, marriage was one of the things, or it was the main way that God made us more like Jesus. And I have to say that that's true. He he does work that on us, but parenting, that's a whole nother, a whole nother ball of wax. It is like so intense. and And, you know, the... Sometimes you feel like you're stuck in the diaper stage forever. Mundane, the mundane of changing diapers and trying to, what, somebody said, cleaning up after children is like plowing in the middle of a snow, of a blizzard, right? You just keep plowing, then you turn around and it's full again. I was like, right? Cleaning up after kids, (laughs) anyway, uh, and it's such a great blessing. It teaches us; they teach us patience, long suffering. I mean, how to lay, really lay our lives down because our lives really are no longer our own once you have a kid, once you have children, or if you're fostering or how whatever that is. Um, It's amazing. And in Psalm one twenty-seven, it says that children are a blessing and inheritance from the Lord. And I've thought about that and. There's so many things we could say about that, but I think one of the main reasons God says that is because it works, it truly works the nature of Jesus on the inside of us as we struggle and strain and try to influence our, pe- our children and our families to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. We try to influence them for good and to be good people. Amen. And so I think the Lord designed it that way. Hallelujah. Well, today I'm uh, talking about being an influencer for the kingdom, and uh, you all have gotten notes. Did you get notes? But let me just tell you right now that I'll probably, that's just like a rough outline, and I'll probably bounce around, all right? So for all of you note-takers like I am, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, I'll give you the answers to them later if you can't get them, okay? (laughs) So uh, I know all... Did you want to, oh, No, no, I know you're ready for the reading of the word, but I'm going to talk about influencers first, Pastor Daniel. Um, how many know what a social media influencer is? We got a lot of young people, young adults and stuff in here. Okay. For the rest of you that don't know, those are people that get on social media, which is a very powerful influence today in the world, and they influence for something. Uh, whether it's something that they just love or they get paid to influence like for the newest air fryer or some clothes or whatever. They, and their goal is to influence as many people as possible to either re- use that product or just to influence them for whatever they love. And the truth is, is that some of those social media influencers influence more people online than even the largest mega churches do. And that is amazing. And I want to uh, just challenge you today. We want to be kingdom influencers. You know, you can use your social media, and I'm not going to talk about all that, but what I am saying is it's a great opportunity to get on there and and impact people for the kingdom of God. And whether you know it or not, you are influencing people. You are influencing people every single day, whether you're intentional about it or not. And so this is a challenge to be intentional, intentionable, intentional about influencing people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so we are going to um, turn to Exodus 2. There you go, Pastor. You can stand up now. Thank you for encouraging uh, everybody. Uh, You can stand to your feet in honor of reading the word. (laughs) My cheerleader up here. All right. And let's start in uh, verse 1. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Chap- Exodus 2, verse starting in verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dab- dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it on the reed's in the reeds by the river's bank, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent for her maid to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew's children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went, called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I'll give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And so she called him his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. It's life to us. And, and I thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light upon our path. And I pray today, God, that you would give me an unction. Holy Spirit, you'd come upon me. Give me an unction to communicate that which you put upon my heart. To encourage your people today. I pray you'd give us ears to hear, God eyes, eyes to see, hearts to receive what you are saying in this hour, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. So we're talking about influencing, and Moses had two powerful and amazing women that influenced him in his life, and uh, the setting of this story takes place actually in the early 1500s BC. It's a time where uh, the pharaoh of that time, it says, no longer knew Joseph or his people, and didn't really have any regard for them. And so, and the the children of Israel had become so numerous in population. Uh, you can read in verse uh, in Exodus one in the previous chapter. It says. Uh, it speaks of him and his attitudes towards the Hebrew. It says, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. And this Pharaoh was was uh, Tutmos the first. And he was the third pharaoh of the 18th dynasty. You can go and read it in history. And he did not like what was taking place. He did not like the multiplication of the Hebrews. And so he devised some plans to get rid of them and to cause them to to decline in number. The first one, many of you are, uh, are familiar with, he... Uh, enforced strict uh, heavy labor on them in an attempt to wear them down but they they were strong and they only kept multiplying and so next he spoke to the midwives and he said okay whenever a boy is born to the Hebrew women I want you to take that child I want you to dispose of him but the women feared the Lord praise God, they feared the Lord. And the Bible says that they didn't do that. And they went and the the Pharaoh's like, what's going on here? I told you to do that. And they said, well, the women are so hardy. They give birth before we can do anything about it. And, And thus the children of Israel continued to multiply. Finally, he resorts to genocide. And he tells everybody in the land, all the Hebrew baby boys throw them into the river. And so begins the story of Moses. He's born in the middle of all of that. Uh, in your notes there, I'm going to try to stay on those, but you, like I said, I'm going to bounce around. So Moses was influenced by two women from two very different cultures. And the first one, of course, is his birth mom, Jacobed. Okay, She was an amazing woman. Uh, she was, as it says there in Exodus 2, and also talks about in Numbers 26, that she was uh, Amram's wife, she, in Numbers 26, says, she was Amram's wife, Jochebed the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And to Amram, she bore Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam. And she saw when Moses was born that he was no ordinary child. In fact, the text says that he was beautiful and he was fine. And if you look in the original language, it actually, uh, actually is Strong's uh, G791, which is elegant, lovely, beautiful, from the city, and you know that can be implied that you know he's got a heavenly quality to him, and uh, that's he's mentioned there. Stephen mentions him, and it's mentioned in Hebrews uh, 11 as well. Uh, and so the next thing that Jacobet does, she did, she decides he's fine, and she so she you know any mom is not going to throw their baby away just because of fair. You're going to do whatever you can to keep that baby, right? So she hides him for three months. And then he got to the, it got to the place where he, she couldn't hide him any longer. So she builds him an ark. And of course, Moses is a type and shadow of Jesus, right? The deliverer. He delivered them from Egypt and Jesus delivers us from our sins. Hallelujah. And she puts him, has Miriam put him in the river, Moses is rescued, there's one of those blanks on there, (laughs) I think it's number four, by her actions. And the ark, so the ark goes along, and, and let me just tell you that I, I don't know about you guys, but when I read the Bible, I was just sitting there wondering as I was reading this again and again and again, how did Miriam know to put him, is there only one river? There's a lot of places where, you know, uh, he could have gone. Did she know to like put him in a certain place where the flow of the current would take him to the palace? I mean, did you know? Did they, was there like a former relationship? Is there a, a, an acquaintanceship between Jakobed I, mean, I? Just think about that stuff, which is always makes for some great study. But I, so I was thinking about that, and I was just wondering because he floats by the princess, and she grabs him. She sees him, has her maids bring him in, and says, okay, uh," and Miriam happens to be standing right there. Oh, oh, do you want, do you want a nurse? (laughs) I can find one. Hmm. And of course, she brings Jacobed, who's obviously been nursing, hello, and um, has a nursemaid. And so, Jacobed continues to nurse him, and and some of the texts, uh, some of the scholars say that she nursed him and took care of him up until the age of six or seven years old. Jochebed, I believe during that time, was full of faith and devotion to her God and imparted that to her son. She imparted that to her son. And you can read, uh, I believe that because of what Hebrews 11 says in verse 24 to 26. It says, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater of greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Jacob's impartation of faith in God caused him, when he was an adult, not to want to worship the gods of Egypt. He's not saying, "Oh, I didn't want to be known as the daughter. I didn't want to be associated with the Egyptians." But he was saying, I don't want to worship their gods. I'm going to worship the God, the one true God. And that's what that text is referring to right there. Jacob's faith, an impartation of faith, is one of the greatest things that she imparted to him. Hallelujah. And so it says in verse 10 that he becomes the son of the Egyptian princess. Not too uh, much is written about the mother of, of Moses, his Egyptian mother, but... Uh, that we're aware of in scripture. She is mentioned a couple times. However, history and scholars say that this is uh, the princess Hapshafet. And you can read about her all over secular history. She was a very famous uh, queen, or rather, Pharaoh in Egypt. And I, I, I'm just so fascinated. Not too much is written about this lady in terms of the scripture, but she had a very profound influence on Moses. Here's some of the things that she did. First of all, she was the daughter of Tutmos the, the I, the, the guy who was committing genocide, right? That was her father. While Moses is in her care, she receives the finest of education and everything else there is in the land of Egypt. He has access to everything. She raises him as her own son. During that time, he receives an impartation and training of leadership, he gets trained and raised up as a leader with leadership mindset. In fact, he receives a kingdom mindset, and I think that is the most important thing that Hapshaphet gave to Moses. Was a kingdom mindset. She trained him. He is royalty. You are royalty, Moses. You are royalty. You have dominion. You have authority. You have a gift of leadership. You have, uh, you have everything. And she raised that guy up. She raised him up. God used her to raise him up in the land. In fact, Josephus, who was a Roman Jewish historian in the first century, says that Moses became the greatest of the great in the land of Egypt. He became the greatest of the great. It said that he was one of the greatest generals in the army of Egypt. God used Hapshaphat, and if I'm not saying her name properly, any ancient Egypt speakers out there, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think that's it, Hapshaphat. But you can read all about her on the internet. She's fascinating. And it seems that as a result of what she did for Moses, God blessed her. If you go and read your history, go and do some searching about her, it says everywhere that she was a very significant person in Egypt. She had a great contribution to history. Josephus identified her as Thermuthis. That's another name for her, Thermusis. She, uh, uh, through a series of events, uh, her little stepbrother, at the age of five became the uh, pharaoh, but of course, a five-year-old can't rule Egypt. So uh, she became a co-regent. She named herself co-regent with him and, and began to rule in, in Egypt. And then she did something very fascinating she broke all cultural rules and she named herself Pharaoh. And in fact, she was one of the most amazing, powerful pharaohs in all of Egypt. She had peace within the kingdom and without the kingdom. And I believe that's the blessing of God because God, the Bible says that when you, when you honor God, he makes even your enemies to live at peace with you, right? And she reigned a very long time. Her contributions consisted of multiple building projects. There's lots of ruins and structures that she had built. Uh, She established an incredible trade system for um, Egypt up the Levant and um, established trading routes and all kinds of stuff. And she was a prolific painter, and she also built those... Things called obelisks, I believe. They're those tall statues. That was her. That's where she's the one that started putting those up. So, whenever you see those Egyptian things, that's her. Yeah, you can go read all about her. She's fascinating. Some other cool things are um, that she dresses, uh, she wore a beard and ancient, uh, and the men's pharaoh garb when she was doing her ruling so that it would be easier for the men to accept her as a pharaoh. But she—it was not cross-dressing, okay? She was very much a woman. In fact, all the statues of her were confusing to the archaeologists because she was very obviously a woman, but she had a beard and a and a, the pharaoh's clothing on. So the people were like confused about her um, for a while. But I just—I thought, thought that was pretty creative. So she's like, "Okay, you can't handle it, but here I'm—I'll just put on a beard so you can feel better." But obviously, I'm a woman. She didn't try to hide the fact she was a woman, all right? You can see her, her anatomy, okay? So anyway, we won't go there too much longer. But there is also some really cool mysteries about her. The Bible says, or not the Bible, excuse me. History says that she, after about 30 years after she died, Somebody tried to erase her name from all public record. They defaced all her statues. They scratched her faces off the paintings of her and all of these things. Now, if you, I'm not going to do all the math on the years, but I, I read about it in a, a few different places. That was about the time that Moses had come back and tried to, and the Exodus took place. And some say, I don't know, it's a mystery because that's how ancient Near Eastern history is that possibly people were very angry with her because of Moses because she took him in as a son just a thought i don't know if it's true anyway very exciting interesting mysteries and so the big question we have to ask ourselves she was a great influence in Moses life jacobed was a great influence in Moses life what kind of influence are we what how are we influencing people are we influencing people for good for god are we influencing people for evil? Ah, are we influencing people to love God in our homes and our families? It's interesting to note in um, First and Second Kings, you can see how moms, going back to Mother's Day, moms had a huge role in the faith of their children. You can read it. Sometimes when there's mentions of evil kings um, coming out of power and then the good kings being raised up, the mom's name is mentioned. The mom's name is mentioned right there. In the New Testament, 2 Timothy 1, uh, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he talks about the faith of his mother and his grandmother. And there's all kinds of other places that you can read in the Bible as well. It's God's way of emphasizing the role, the very important role of a mom and parents. I'm not just talking about women today. I'm talking to every single man, every single woman, every single child and youth that's in this place. You all have an influence. And God is speaking to us today. How is it that we can be a king, an intentional intentional in our influence for the kingdom of God? Well, I'm so glad you asked. And I see four things uh, that Four practical things that we can do to intentionally influence, make a choice to be intentional about our influence. And the first one is to commit to grow, to growing in God. Everybody say commit. Commit Commit to growing in God personally. I'm talking about personally. And you do that in a number of ways. First one is that you want to keep him first. You always want to keep God in the first place. Have him on the throne. Worship him. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Him in the first place. And if he's not Just keep coming back. Just keep repenting and going back and putting him in first place. Get healed. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Anybody ever need healing when you came to the Lord? I'm still going through healing. It's like movie credits. They just keep some sort of freedom and deliverance. It's still going on as we're being sanctified more and more and becoming more like Christ, right? Movie credits. They just keep coming. Oh, yuck, that's ugly. Deal with you know, get healed. It's hard to love people and influence for good if you're cranky and mean all the time. Hello. Well, also, I mean, if you're feeling insecure and you just get threatened by people, I mean, I lived that life before. You know what I mean? You just feel threatened by people. So you're not going to be nice. You're going to be a jerk. Oops, sorry. Okay, you can't give what you, what you don't have. My mama always says that over there. You can't give what you don't have. That's a famous quote in the Bracken household. you got to have a proper view of God and of yourself. We're not worms, and yet we're not God. We can't be on the throne, and we've got to make sure we don't have a distorted picture of God or who we are. The second thing that you can do to be a kingdom influencer is that you should lead your family. Nations are made of families, and we want to influence people one person at a time, one family at a time. And as, all fa- as families begin to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God, we will influence. Establish a family altar. Make, make times of worship. Have times of prayer. If your family needs counseling because you've been through stuff, hello, we live in a fallen world and people need help. Get help. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed. Get help. Play together. That means, I, I said it, play. Have fun. Let your family, let your children see that it's wonderful to serve God. That it's fun to serve God. That God is a great God and he's awesome and mighty. Let, him, let them see you having faith. Enjoy your life. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your kids. Enjoy your family. Instill in them a kingdom mindset. Speaking life over them. The thing, the thing that I think is the most cha- one of the most challenging things about being a parent is that they see and do everything that we do. <laughs> right? They see and do everything that we do. They, they'll do all the good things and all the positive things, and yes, they will, come, they will copy all the negative. They'll, they'll, you try to teach them, but they're going to do what you do ultimately, right? Jesus, help us. <laughs> Amen. Pursue God's purposes together. Do stuff as a family. Amen. Well, maybe your kids have grown up, or maybe, uh, you, you know, you got saved later, or maybe you've had a life of, of brokenness. I, I've had a life of brokenness. But it's not too late. Just start now. Just start now. Just get going. Get on fire and do all this stuff now. The third thing... Uh, that you can do is to become a vital part of the church community and I know so many of you here if this is not your church home maybe you're visiting today get involved in your church get involved in a covenant community of believers and grow find a place to serve make a difference number four make a difference in the lives of other people one of the ways you can do that is by respecting and honoring differences hello hello Everybody look around the congregation for a second. You see, there's so many different people. Red, yellow, black, white, young, older. Older, not old, older. (laughs) Older, every single type of person is represented in this place, and I just think that's amazing. Honor the differences. Listen, honor the differences in generations. Can I just speak up for just a moment on behalf of of, uh, our classics? Young people. Honor the classics. They've gone before you. They have great amount of wisdom. They've lived life. Sure, people make mistakes, but honor them. But let me also say, classics, respect and honor the kids. They face things today that we never had to face. They're trying to figure it out. Be a voice of encouragement to them. Honor them. And build them up when you see them. Don't look down your nose at them and say, like, oh, I can't believe. You know, they might have some new thing that might work better. You know, hello, some new ways and some new methods. And by doing that, we can just honor all the generations that God has. God, that's God's desire for us. Be kind. <laughs> look at your neighbor and tell him to, to be nice to him. Be nice. Be nice. Be kind for God's sake. <laughs> be kind. Realize that the eyes of people all around the community, not just in here, but the eyes of people all over the community and all over at your workplace and your school, they're all on you. They're on you. They're watching you. If you name the name of Christ, unless you're hiding as a Christian, if you name the name of Christ, people are watching you. They're watching you to see what, how you behave and how you respond. And we're not perfect. I mean, excuse me. I have lots of weaknesses myself. <laughs> you know, I have flesh. I get irritated. I know I'm the only one in here, but I get irritated about stuff. But don't be that person who, when you walk into a restaurant, the waitress, the wait staff, all run the other direction because they're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to wait on those people. They're they're horrible. They're mean. They leave terrible tips." Did you know something? Service people are people too. (laughs) Maybe they jacked up your coffee at Starbucks because at the awakening they never mess up. (laughs) Because they are perfect, (laughs) just kidding. Little plug out for that coffee shop there. But people are people and they need encouragement. Be kind, be merciful. You know what it's like to struggle? The thing is, is that we just get so consumed with what's going on with us that we're not intentional about how our behaviors affect other people. We need to be intentional. We're uh, about to launch our summer internship for our youth. And one of the things that we had them do to apply, they had to apply, and uh, One of the things they had to do is they had to fill out a questionnaire. And one of the questions on that questionnaire was name a leader that's impacted you in some way. Name a person or a leader that's influenced you or impacted you in one way. And to read through those different places and to hear and see what they wrote about some of you guys, you might not even know walking down the aisle and you just look at that person and you just say, you're gonna do great things for God one day. You're doing great things for God now, keep on, be strong. You're a mighty man of God, you're a mighty woman of God. You're a world changer, God made you for such a time. Build people up. I'm not talking about just kids now, I'm just in youth. I'm talking about everybody, speak life. People need correction, yes, and you can do that with love right? We we lovingly correct, but build, be on God's building team. Don't be on uh, Satan's wrecking team. (laughs) Build people up in the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just stand to your feet right now as we just begin to close. All of us, all of us are influencing. And my challenge to you and my challenge to me is to be more intentional. Be more intentional about what you're influencing. How you're influencing. Who you're influencing. Be more intentional. intentional, Like Jacobed. Pouring faith and devotion. Teaching her children to love God. So much so that, that, that Moses lived all the opulent life of the Egyptians. But he chose to go and worship God instead of the pagan gods. Be like Hafsafet, who gave her son Moses... A kingdom mindset. You're great. You're going to do great things. You have dominion and authority. You're royalty. Speak life and edify and build people up. And doing all that, you're going to influence people and we're going to make a change in our homes, our schools, in every single area of of life. Amen? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.